Today, Jack, the show is all about you. You're in full control. Go. First of all, hello to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Let's talk to Jack Duffin. Let's bring in Jack Duffin. In our Westminster studio is Jack Duffin. Good morning, Cleveland. The Jack Cap Show is back for a one-off special because I just wanted to go into detail about where the Browns are with Cap right now. Lots of these people have started tweeting me cases where um, teams move the Cap around from year to year. So I wanted to break that down and sort of explain some of them. And then I wanted to discuss the Raiders. Yes, I did say that right, the Raiders. And they've been doing something interesting um, with their change from signing bonus to guaranteed money. And I think there is a really big advantage that can be found in that. So I'm going to touch on that at the end, but let's just look at where the Browns are right now. So um, using over the cap, as I do for all my numbers, and I'd recommend that to everyone if they want to ever look at cap numbers for a team, a player, a contract, it's all there. So top 51, we're looking at 191 million. Um, so that's what you're spending on your top 51 players on your roster. Obviously, some of those will get cut as we move down to cut into a 53, but that's there for the time being. In terms of dead cap, we're just over 20 million. And um, the biggest part of that comes in Kevin Zeitler, um, who's 7.2 million of dead cap. Um, but there's sort of the balance there of if we look at where that money came from, it came in the Vernon trade. And Vernon had, um, I believe it was 8 million off the top of my head in dead cap attached to him. I'm just looking that up. So, yeah, he's got an 8 million dead cap charge. So, in all honesty, if you want to look at where that Kevin Zeitler 7.2 million, half that, add it to the two years of the Vernon deal and look at that as sort of a complete package there. Um, there's rumours that Vernon is getting a new contract when he was traded. Um, it might just be to convert some money into guarantees, um, but we'll see more from that going forward. There's obviously OBJ. There was talk straight after the trade that you get a new deal. I think that's going to come sometime between the draft and training camp. Um, where he'll get a new deal, either convert money to guarantees, but I think there is going to be a pay rise in there. Um, I think we're looking around the 17, 18 million year mark. Um, so he will get new money as well as guarantees. Um, and that that's disappointing, but that, that's the world we're in. Um, he's got a lot of dead money attached to him with the Giants. So he's still getting a large amount of money. It's just not on his current deal. So 16 million in dead cap, the Giants are sat on this year. Um, so that's going to be one interesting to know. AB got new money as well as guarantees added to his deal. That's the main reason, one of the things he was plugging for the trade. And um, partly just because he wanted to go to new climates. But there's certainly a history for um, players getting paid after new deals. Um, and one player, I'll keep touching on him because... Um, People bring it up when discussing with them. Greg Robinson. Greg Robinson is a one-year deal, and there, I would say it's about 5% chance, if even that, that he is with the Browns next year. And the reason for that is if he doesn't play very well, we're then going to replace him. Um, but if he does anything from average to very good, you've only got to look at what average to, well, two above average left tackles have got in free agency in recent times. You've got 
Trent Brown, who's got 66 million over four years. And then you've also got Nate Solder, who went to the Giants from the Patriots. And Nate Solder took home a massive deal of 62 million over four years. So if we're talking about potentially 70 million over four years, are you seriously going to consider paying that to Greg Robinson? Um, I know I certainly wouldn't, and I don't think the Browns would. That's 17 and a half million a year. Um, I think he's hitting free agency, whatever happens this season. So um, don't be surprised if we grab a left tackle in the draft. Um, and it might be a pick if there's someone there they like at 49. I've said it time and time again. I genuinely think that could be a pick. Um, you've also got a few players they might look to um, move on from. But that'll only bring the cap down slightly. Um, and then if I'm going to cover a lot more of dead cap when I talk about the Raiders. Got approximate draft cost. And so I've calculated this with the cost of our picks through rounds two to five of what we'll pay that player in the, in the 2019 season. I've then taken away what we're paying players at the bottom end of the roster who are still on the 51, and that's 645,000. Um, so that's to balance that off. And then I've just added the dead cap hit for cutting the sixth and seventh round pick. And that gives me 600,000. So that's where that number comes from. Um, and I think that's probably roughly where it will be. Um, obviously, if Dorsey trades those picks and does other stuff, then we might not be making those picks. And that cost could go up or down based on where we move. But uh, it's, it's a very, very small amount of what the draft's actually going to add to the, where the Browns are in terms of salary cap. So, yep, 600,000 is what I'm working on. And that leaves us with... 212 million in total cost this year. Um, that's next to the NFL salary cap, which is 188.2 million. So that's an overspend as we stand at this point of the season of 24 million, which is on course to be the biggest overspend in NFL history. But that is perfectly fine in this single season, as long as the steps are made to balance it out next year because we've obviously got some big deals coming down the line, which we need to be prepared for. Um, and there's some big deals to add. You've got Randall that needs um, an extension if you want to keep him around. So that's something the team needs to work on. I think there could be the case where that cap hit is changed by the NFL Management Committee. We saw it with Sheldon Richardson in the past, where they changed his position and that number changed. So if that number was to change, it moved from around the 9 million mark to I believe it was just over 6 million, which will obviously make things easier in the negotiations. And that's not a decision the Browns make. It's the NFL Management Committee that will do that. And I think by moving him from a cornerback to a safety, his number will dramatically fall. So keep an eye out for that, guys. You've got Joe Schobert, who's the best linebacker on the Browns. Um, he's coming in at just over a million this year. With a renegotiation, that's going to go a lot higher. So we could be looking eight to 10 million mark. So that's a deal that needs, might get done this off season. Um, they might wait till later in the season, but I would say if you know a player is going to hang around, you may as well get the deal done. Oh, so he's on 2.2 million this year. Um, and that's due to PPE. So player performance. Um, let's get this exactly right. 
So it's proven performance escalator. And what that means is players that have played over 35% of snaps in two of their first three years, if they were a fourth to seventh round pick, they then get, it's in the range of about 2 million in that final year. Um, and that's probably one of the number one reasons Derek Kindred lost his job um, because he was a player that you happily keep at 600 grand and you battle it out for camp um, at just over 2 million. He, he just wasn't justifiable. And people will say, well, it's only 1.4 million. If you throw away 1.4 million on four or five players, that's suddenly the option of, oh, well, we could have gone out and added a really good player somewhere else. So it's important to keep an eye on those small amounts of money because they soon add up. So if you can save, let, let's just use that 1.4 million on five players, you're sat there going, okay, what are we going to go spend that spare 7 million on? So if you're saying there's another player there with what their contract might be, you could then take a 3 million player, 3 million pound player, let's say Morgan Manette, and you go, actually, we're going to go get Earl Thomas instead. And so you can make that style of move by just being sensible around the fringes. And if you've got a player that's only going to play limited snaps, then by all means, you can move on from them. And that means our remaining cap rollover. So the money we've got left from the Sashi years of stacking cash is 32.7 million. That's at the moment. That's probably going to, might go down over camp. Um, and then when cuts come, that might go then back up. So that's going to float. I think we're probably looking around the sort of 30 million mark by the end of the season. But um, we will see with that. And then it's, if those contract extensions happen, then that's the number that it's going to be taken out of. There's probably not going to be any cap rollover left by the time we're looking to extend Garrett, Baker Mayfield. Um, so that's going to have to come from cuts. You're going to have to cut players out of the roster to pay for those guys. And if you're sort of talking, say, 27%, I think I calculate, yeah, 27% if you're looking at the Mack and Rogers deals, then that's a lot of money you need to go and cut out the roster. So Let's see what happens with those deals. Um, and it, it's going to be painful for the Browns. Don't, don't get me wrong. Anytime you're trying to clear um, from sort of 5% of deal, well, it's about 10% of between the pair and you're trying to turn that into 27% of space, clearing 17% of the NFL salary cap out of a team is no mean feat. So it's going to take some work. But um, and, and don't look at the... People look at the numbers from year to year. It's pretty irrelevant in terms of salary cap. It's much better to look at the percentages if you're looking over years because um, I did a tweet recently looking at percentages for contracts and positions. Lots of them stay very similar. The money goes up. So the NFL salary cap is rising about 6.2% each year. So monetary values, they don't mean anything um, when going, oh, this player got this four years ago. No one cares. <coughs> so. It's all about what percentage that player is getting because if the edge defender market is a certain amount, if the um, quarterback market is a certain amount, it's very much that percentage figure that sets the market. So don't get caught up in numbers. Much better to keep that eye on your percentages. <coughs> Sorry about that, guys. So then I wanted to touch on some of these deals that are done um, that people like tweeting at me for creating salary cap space. And I'll explain why they're good for certain things. So we'll look first at Drew Brees. So Drew Brees has converted 
16.2 million of his salary this year in 2019 into a signing bonus. And that means that he can spread that money over the next three years. So whereas it would have been sort of 16.2 this year, you've now basically just over 5 million over the next three years, 5.4, I believe. And that has then meant that they've created 10.2 million in 2019 cap space. So you might go, great, the Browns can do this with a player. They've built in a void. So there's a void after this season, and it's looking very likely that this will be Drew Brees' final ever season. So enjoy his play, guys. He's been a phenomenal player in the NFL. But what will happen, even if he retires, 21.3 million, his contract automatically voids. Is it all also void? Um, both which void. Yeah, so it automatically voids at the end of this season and 21.3 million of dead cap will be on their next year's roster. So even if he retires and he's gone, they're still going to have to be paying Drew Brees 21.3 million next year. And let's just put that into perspective with quarterback contracts in the NFL. If we're looking at this season in 2019... 21.3, that's more, that's about the 10th most expensive NFL contract um, for a QB in this season. And that's what they're going to have to pay Drew Brees after he's retired. So this isn't a realistic scenario for the Browns. Obviously, if you're looking at Baker Mayfield, um, you're looking at Miles Garrett, you're looking at OBJ, they're sort of the three big contracts the Browns have got to think about in the coming years. None of them are young. Sorry, none of them are old. They're all young players. So building a load of dead cap into the year after they retire, it's just not a realistic scenario. So that's not a route we can go as a team. So scratch that one off. And for me, I want to see continued success. I understand it's the last year of a great player and they're just trying to maximize his value. Um, so yeah, I can see what they're doing. I'm not a big fan of it. I want to see continued success year to year. So the Drew Brees technique is out for way of the Browns creating money. Let's look at another one, Ronald Darby. So Ronald Darby was a free agent that many had their eyes on. I would love to have seen Ronald Darby with the Browns. Um, had some injury risks. So the Eagles wanted to bring him back on a one-year deal. They knew it was going to take about $5 million. So how they did this was he signed up to point. 825 million in 2019. That's what his cost is this year. But then what they've done is put 3.5 million as a signing bonus over the next five years. The contract automatically voids after this season, though. So he'll never be able to play 2020 on this contract. It's auto void, so it can't be changed. Obviously, you could do a new deal and then you'd want that money moved around, but that auto voids. So after this season, his contract ends and then because you've got four lots of 700,000 in signing bonus still to pay him that's 2.8 million of dead cap already onto next year's contract so you can certainly do that with anyone but that's not really an option we've got as the Browns you move a few million into next year's um, dead cap list that's not going to help because if you're looking at sort of paying I keep coming back to the 37% number, roughly for OBJ, Garrett, and Baker. Moving dead cap from one year to the next, 
it's great if you're trying to extend a tiny window and you can do it as a one-off. That's not a sustainable model where you can create cap space and build that for yourself year on year. So I don't think this is something the Browns could really consider. Obviously, you could do it with one or two fringe players and you're just splitting the cost over the 2019 and 2020 season. So it's very much tiny window mentality. It's not plausible long-term because you've still got to pay the guy. Um, you're just splitting over two salary cap windows and actively, you could say actively damaging their 2020 season by having money set aside for a player that's potentially not even going to be on the team. So for me, it's again, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting strategy, but it's just not a good idea. And I think the last one is a player that I've touched on, Khalil Mack. So when Khalil Mack was extended, and you see this with lots of players when they get a contract extension um, on their fifth-year option, most teams will keep that fifth-year option very, very similar. So whatever a player's getting in that fifth year, it rarely moves around. They just keep it. You sometimes see sort of 100000 either way, but very often they'll keep him quite cheap there. So... The fifth-year option was worth 13.846. In this new contract, they gave him 13.8. So, yeah, it's very, very similar. So, fifth-year options, even though the contract extensions are usually done just after that's been activated or um, just after they start that sort of fifth season, they keep that number the same. And then they're already panicking. Um, you say panicking, concerned, it depends how you want to word it, because they then went and moved um, 13 million of his 2019 um, salary to a signing bonus. And this is similar to the Drew Brees stuff, but he's still onto the, the contract because there's no void in it at the end. And that has meant that his cap hit this year has dropped to 11.9. But then his cap hit in future years are 26.6, 26.6, 27.1, 25.5, because they've just added a load more money to those years and sort of 2.6 million extra over the next five years. That that hurts um, because that's extra money that the team's then got to pay. So you can prolong the damage, but what you don't want to be doing, especially with four players, if you could sort of bring... Baker Mayfield, Garrett and OBJ's contract down to sort of 30% rather than 37% in say one year. And then for the next three years, you're paying them 45%. That, that's not a good strategy because you're going to ruin those years and you might have that one year of sustained success. So don't, it's not really an ideal strategy. Um, and it's one of them that if you have one elite player managing the cap hit for one elite player, whether you're Aaron Rodgers at the Packers, um, whether you're Drew Brees at the Saints, and if you're Khalil Mack at the Bears, moving the numbers around to make one player's contract work is easy. It's not hard at all. When we're talking about two or three superstars, and they are superstars, OBJ is always going to be one of the top five highest paid wide receivers when he's in the NFL. Baker Mayfield and his veteran deal is going to be one of the top five pay, highest paid quarterbacks for most of his career. You've then also got Miles Garrett that's going to be one of the top five paid edge rushers. 
in his entire contract. So they are not cheap deals that you can really hide. And they also are the three most expensive positions, quarterback, edge, and wide receiver. So whereas the Patriots, they had sort of Tom Brady on a, a very friendly deal um, at the quarterback position, their next two positions for the last few years has been safety and tight end. And the top two tight ends is roughly equal to the number one wide receiver. So that even though it's the top of the tight end market, and it did deflate the entire tight end market because Gronkowski being the number one player set the ceiling and that has allowed the position to stay cheap. So I do think we see some readdressing of that over the next few years. And then safety is a very cheap, in comparison, is a very cheap position. So they've saved money by having, even though they've had sort of their three elite players that they've kept around in McCordy, in Gronk and Brady, they were at very different positions, trying to do it with quarterback edge wide receiver. And especially, it's not just any quarterback edge or wide receiver. You're going to make the debate on where they stand at somewhere between one to five of those top players each year um, at those positions. It's going to be expensive. So when I say there's concerns down the road, that's where it comes from. And these tactics of the Drew Brees, the Ronald Darby, the Cleo Mack, that's not a system that's really going to work for the Browns. If you have one of those players, if you have Baker or OBJ or Miles Garrett, yeah, that's easy. The Mac stuff, perfect. You can work that out. We're not in that position because we have three legitimate superstars. So it is going to be something really interesting where we see how the Browns are going. You're probably going to see most of the roster we have now is going to be turned over. Um, and that's fine. You can't look at these players and go I want to keep them all because that's how the NFL's designed the Patriots of obviously probably the most bold team with moving players on and they have no issue with letting players walk they traded for um, Brandon Cooks Brandon Cooks was awesome for him for a year and then they traded him off because they didn't want to pay what a number one wide receiver costs in the NFL on a veteran deal you had Trey Flowers who's been up there with one of the best edge defenders in the NFL this season and he has performed very very well for his um, last few years they went no we're just going to let him walk in free agency and we're happy to pick up the third round comp pick and the reason why they were happy to do that is because they got fantastic play out of him this season and that's allowed them to help win a Super Bowl so it's the trade-off of going do we just trade Trey Flowers in and get the assets last year or do we go and try and win a Super Bowl play free agency and move on and we're probably going to see the end of the Browns as big movers and shakers in free agency because the elite teams aren't big movers and shakers in free agency. You've had the sort of Gilmore deal for the Patriots and that's really, for me, off the top of my head, the last big move they made. Um, it's about going finding sort of one man's rubbish is another man's treasure. Finding those players that can come in sort of tier, tier three, ideally, as sort of role players and plug the gaps. But you're going to see a very, very different Cleveland Browns in the next two to three years. And that, that's fine. That's part of evolving. You're churning about 50% of the starters and will be replaced in the next three drafts, including this year. And obviously, we'll need more picks and we'll get more picks because the comp system is there. And that brings me on to two things. One about voidable years in contracts. And I think you're going to see a lot more of this as teams get smarter about comp picks. 
because you can void off a player and that counts towards um, the formula for getting teams, um, comp picks, you're going to see a lot more voidable years in contracts of all players in the NFL. So um, don't be surprised when you see lots of these deals that Brown's going to get. The worst thing you want to do is cut someone. If you cut someone, you don't get the comp pick. You're not getting um, anything for them. And you're, you're, in most cases, stacking dead cap, which hurts. You don't want to be setting aside dead cap for players. And that brings me on to dead cap. And the Raiders have been doing something really interesting. And I'll hold my hands up. This shocked me. I'm commending the Raiders of all teams. Um, and people have mocked Gruden. Yeah, he does things a little bit differently. But I think he might have found a solution to something on this. And I'm just going to look at dead cap across the NFL first. So just playoff teams, 2015 through to 2018, the average dead cap for a team was 15 was 9.3, 16 and 17 was 8.7, and 2018 was 9.8. So that means the average dead cap for an NFL team is 9.1 million. So let's just say nine for the time being. So if you're the Browns, you're going, right, be about 9% of dead cap. So this year you're looking at 17 million. So the average playoff team is probably this season going to have about 17 million in dead cap. If you could reduce that, there is some fantastic things you could do and you can go and spend it on. And you're always going to have dead cap that will come through um, cutting rookies or trading rookies off because the way the NFL works is the draft picks are all assigned how much signing bonus they have and then they can debate over the amount of guarantees and the rest of their deals. It's almost come in commonplace that first round picks, especially the top half of the first round, they're all going to get fully guaranteed deals um, and they're there. And the key thing with signing bonus, you can't trade it. So we've got the Zeitler deal where he's sat on 7.2. You had the Brown OBJ, you had Olivier Vernon. These players have landed massive dead cap hits with their old team. And that can cripple you. The amount that the Steelers are going to pay will have a direct conf- um, direct action against the players they can afford and what they can do. They're paying Antonio Brown $21.12 million to go play for the Oakland Raiders this year. That's an incredible amount of money. And there's no way to defer any of that. If you get rid of a player via a trade, that money is just landing straight onto your um, cap hit. Obviously, if it happens after the 1st of June, it can then divide down over two years. But... Most of the big trades, they're happening in the off-season anyway. The Raiders have come with a solution with this, with veteran players. And it's something that I think we should be looking at as a team. They just don't give anyone any signing bonus. What they do is give guaranteed money. So if we look at Trent Brown, Trent Brown has no signing bonus. He's got guaranteed salary in 2019 of... 15 million guaranteed salary in his second season of 21.25 million. And then there's no guaranteed money in year three and four and Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams has got 10 million guaranteed in his first year, nothing in years two, three and four. This is something I think the Browns should really take a long, hard look at and NFL teams around the league and go, is this the strategy for us? And there's two reasons why. So if you were to trade, 
any of these players, guaranteed money, um, guaranteed salary, not signing bonus, is tradable. So OBJ has some guarantees in his contract, um, and the Browns are on the hook for them, and that's fine. So OBJ's got 16.75 million in guaranteed salary this year, um, and then on March 13th next year, he, he gets some of that, becomes guaranteed money as well. If you're working in guaranteed money, then when you trade a player off, you're not on the hook for anything. And I think, especially with player power on the rise, um, you saw what AB was able to do. If you can get rid of um, dead cap, and you're not going to get rid of it all, but let's say you go from 9.1 on average and you bring that down to 1% to 2% because it's just rookies that you've dumped or rookies that you've cut is all that makes up. That's a massive amount of money. And you can sit there each year and go, right, we're only spending, let's say, 2% on dead cap. That's an extra 13 million this year. And I'd quite like to have an extra 13 million to go spend on the roster because then you're able to go out there and go, oh, we fancy signing, let's say, Earl Thomas. And I'll just pull up what Earl Thomas took home this year. Uh, so old Thomas is on, well, he's on 3.7 this year, but then it goes up to 7.5. So let's just say that's 6 million. I'm sorry, 6% of the cap across his years. I would like to have the extra cap space on my team through smart contracts and going from um, signing bonus to guaranteed money. Because if I'm trading this off, or even if you cut a player, you've then got no dead cap attached to that. And if you're filling that space and you're going, look, we can sign Earl Thomas every year um, and that's free money just by reworking contracts, then I think that's definitely a direction I would love to see the Browns go. Um, bring that dead cap down. Um, and it's smart roster management. So I'm not saying the uh, Raiders get it right on everything. Um, they obviously had some crazy draft picks last year. And they obviously they took a boy I loved, Maurice Hurst. Um, unfortunately had that heart issue and fell in the draft. He's looking like a very talented player. Um, the Browns medical staff didn't sign him off um, when I was speaking to Pete Smith and Jeff Lloyd. So it's certainly something I think we should consider just by moving to giving players the same guaranteed money, but give it straight up front as guaranteed signing over one or two years. So their first one to two years, they've got that money and then don't worry about the rest of the deal. If there's no guarantees in their third or fourth year, that's perfectly fine. Um, so I would end, this would be the last season I ever use signing bonuses. Obviously, rookie picks get them automatically. But if you're not a rookie, we don't do signing bonuses. And let's try and build that space. And it would take a couple of years to um, see that value because obviously you've got players that already signed to deals on your books. So sort of work out for the next two years, you're not going to see any return on it. But then sort of in that third year, when we've got to make some tougher decisions, if we're sat there with an extra, let's say by then, 15, 16 million down the back of the sofa, and suddenly you're going, oh, we, we can start paying your OBJs, your um, Miles Garrett, your Baker Mayfield, because that's a lot easier because 37% plus you say 9% in dead cap, 
you're looking at just between dead cap and those three players, that's already 46% of your roster gone. <laughs> and, that, and that's a lot of your roster. So if you can bring that down to rather than 46%, we're going to pay those three players and say 2 3% of dead cap, you're keeping those three plus your dead cap under 40%. And I, I, th- I think that's got some value. So I'd really like us to keep an eye on what the Raiders are doing and let's try and match them with those style of deals. Players still get their guarantees, but it's very much upfront. You're going to get it in years one or two. Obviously, a signing bonus, they get it when they sign. But it's, uh, it's definitely a direction I think the Browns should go. Obviously, if you've got any questions, feel free to contact me. I'm always available on Twitter. Um, and the haters, yeah, keep coming. It don't bother me. Um, I woke up this morning, laughed. There was a lot of outrageous comments, clown outfits. Um, but guys, it's, it's about understanding why these decisions are made. If you're moving 1% to 2 3% of salary cap from this year into next year's dead cap or delaying the payments, that might sound like a nice idea, but it doesn't actually work for what the Browns are trying to achieve. And it is a very unique situation. I don't think any team in the NFL has tried to tie up an elite, truly elite superstar at each of the three most expensive positions. So let's see. It it might work. I question whether it will, and I think you've probably got to look to trade one of those off, which is then a choice between OBJ and Miles Garrett. Um, I think the value is set on what an elite pass rusher can get in two firsts. And... I would take that. Um, Let Garrett play out his four years, and then when he's on his fifth year, phone up a team that's going to be in sort of the the top half of the draft, maybe just drafted a quarterback, and get their next two first-round picks. Because if a team's just drafted their quarterback, and then you get their next two firsts, they're probably going to have some bumpy years in there, and one of those picks might be a high top 10 pick. So... Let's look for some value. And, and I know that's going to hurt fans. They want to see all these elite superstars stay together. But the NFL salary cap is there so that you can't have an all-star team. And that's what we're going to have for the next two years. So enjoy it. Make the most of it. We're hopefully going to see some rings um, raining down in Cleveland. Um, but they're, they're, that's just sort of covering um, what these deals mean. And do keep an eye on what the Raiders are doing. I think it's a really, really interesting strategy. I think is something the NFL should get on board with. Um, certainly the Browns should try it out because if you can free up that extra sort of 13 to 15 million a season to spend on someone else rather than spending it on dead cap for players that aren't even on your roster, you might be onto a winner. Thanks a lot, guys. Remember, follow me at Jack Duffin. Um, DMs are open, so feel free to send any questions. Um, I'm more than happy to answer anything. Cheers. Cheers.